again for what will be another incredible episode. And if you're a first-time listener, welcome. Thank you for stopping by. We hope this content resonates with you and helps you on your journey in being the very best sales professional you can be. And if you like this content, please don't forget to give us a like. Rate us on the podcast player you listen on because your rating allows us to reach more sales professionals just like you so we can help them be the very best sales professional they can be. Now, this week, we're talking about things that you probably shouldn't do when it comes to selling. We have a great guest. We have an incredible guest who's going to share with us her story on how she achieved her success from a numbers perspective. So she absolutely hit her target. But upon reflection, she probably didn't do it the right way. Now, what do I mean by that? And she's going to dive into this. She sold to people that potentially might not have been the right fit for the product and service she was selling. In a world where it's really important that personal brand, that you're building a personal brand, not just so that you can achieve your numbers today, so that you can build a sustainable future for yourselves. And you've heard me talk about this before. You've heard me talk about the premise of a sales professional is one that puts the customer at the center of everything you do. It's one that says, right, I'm here to help. I'm here to serve. I'm here to guide our buyers to arrive at a point of decision because at the end of the day, our buyers put trust in us. They trust us to make the decisions they don't trust themselves to make. But if we're not putting their needs first, if we're not thinking about them and what's gonna be best for them and putting our needs first, then we're essentially doing our customers and our potential customers a disservice. And what I love about this episode is Charlotte doesn't hide behind the fact that she had a period of her time, a period of her sales career where she didn't put them at the center of everything she did. So. I think this is going to be a great episode because I think for all of us, for any of us, I know that I've I've had those type of moments in my career where I was so focused on getting the result that kind of might have cut a few corners. I might have thought, you know what, this isn't the perfect fit, but they can make it fit. I was using my optimistic what's possible mindset to justify why I was selling to this particular person or this particular company. But as I've become a bit mature, as, I, as, I've, as I've built my career I am really focused on making sure that I'm helping, I'm guiding, you know, think about those words, navigating, because the trust that they put within us, we need to respect that trust. This podcast is brought to you by the Create Pipeline program from Sales IQ Global. This program will equip you with the skills, tools, and confidence to run an outbound strategy so you can generate more qualified opportunities and close more deals. Hear what Alice from DocuSign has been able to achieve since joining the program and our incredible community. So my name is Alice and um, I work at DocuSign as an EBR. And the, the reason I started Sales IQ was because I really needed that that guidance and that training to make sure that the outreach that I was doing was hitting the nail on the head. So I was lucky enough to, to start the program um, early on in, in this role. And since then, I've been pretty successful. And last quarter, I finished on 185%. So have have seen some huge results by adopting the principles. Our next cohort is starting soon. So to learn more, go to www.salesiqglobal.com. Or if you have a team of sellers, talk to us about our in-house offering. Control your pipeline, control your destiny with Sales IQ. And this is why this episode is going to be great for any of us that are really trying to elevate the profession and be the very best sales professionals we can be. So welcome to the show, Charlotte. Thanks very much for having me, Luigi. I know, I know we've been trying to coordinate this, this session for a while, so I'm really excited <laughs> that we finally got the opportunity to connect 
and have you on the Sales IQ podcast. So, and before we get into today's session, because today's session is all about how to sell commission only, but also how to do it in an authentic way versus a very disingenuous way. But before we talk about that topic, I would love to learn a bit more about how you started in the wacky world of selling. Great. Fantastic. Well, I started in sales and I made a conscious decision to go into sales, which I think about 1% of salespeople actually make that decision to actually want to go into sales. I was very academic at school, very academic at university. I loved exams, so I really thrived in that sort of pressurized environment doing exams. And I finished university, graduated, studied languages, lived in Brazil, spoke French. I thought, I want to be a translator. Did translation for six months and absolutely hated it. People really unfriendly where I worked. Nothing, you know, being on the phone, talking to people, helping people. So I ditched that and I said to myself, I want to go into sales. One of my options was to be a lawyer, yeah. which I didn't really, didn't, didn't interest me. <laughs> and I thought I'll go into sales because the lure of, I think, yeah, being able to help clients, but also the commission and yeah. being able to double your income and to constantly be putting yourself out there and learning they were sort of the key factors that pushed me towards a sales career and wanting to get into business in the b2b world i think i don't come from an mba background or i mean i didn't study marketing or business at university so it was also that that yeah. pushed me into sales okay so you went one way in your career and you didn't really enjoy it but what actually like how did it go from could be a lawyer translator to what opportunity presented itself that made you then take that role and start working in selling yeah no it, it, i think the idea of being a lawyer just bored me a little bit yeah. it meant it was actually when i was you know deciding which university college to go to and studying law meant i would have had to go to you know university in london it was going to be more and more and more exams and yeah i don't want to be a lawyer so came out of university and thought you know the the idea of selling to to businesses really appealed to me so i started out selling business information reports analysis to companies like coca-cola dan on 100 250 calls a day so really wow. smashing the phones yeah. using a script which you know <laughs> back when you're 22 years old is is something that you need and yeah. i enjoyed it i was also selling in french so i had my script in english i had my script in french Right. And a lot of the tactics that I was using back then, you know, of getting people to stay on the phone, have a conversation, have a meeting, seemed to really work. Yeah. And I got to that point where sort of 18 months into my first role, uh, telesales role in London, I was getting awards for energy, for enthusiasm, and I was top of the leaderboard. And I managed to more than double my income in, in that sort of first year in the role so sort of the energy, the enthusiasm, the fact that I could earn a lot of money yeah. really is what sort of kept me going. <laughs> okay. So there's a couple of extrinsic motivators there that enabled yeah. you to build your career. But so tell me like, cause 
you've worked, you know, pre-pandemic 10 years in a commission only role. And for a lot of sellers, you know, that's quite a daunting and highly, I suppose, what's the word I'm looking for? Create a lot <laughs> of anxiety, right? Not knowing when your yeah. paycheck's going to come in, if performance, if you don't hit the performance targets. You know, again, tell us what motivated you to go from a, a, a paying base and sell and, and comms to completely commission only? I was told that I had the option of being an employee, but yeah. the option of, of being commission only was, again, that it was it was more rewarding income wise. So I thought I'll go with that. And there's, there's something that I learned early on in sales is that you're only as good as your last sale. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. <laughs> <laughs> there's no room for complacency. Yeah. So this was like the acid test of, of <laughs> selling, because obviously I couldn't invoice the company I work for, I work for mm. a big brand financial times. So, so you know, very well known in, in the, the world of selling to locations that I was working with. Yep. And it, it became second nature. It just was something that I enjoyed and it seemed to work well. I would travel a lot in that role. So, you know, I'd be away twice a month in all kinds of different locations from Turks and Caicos, St. Lucia to yeah. US, you know, all around Europe and meeting clients face to face, prospects face to face. It, it just seemed to work. Okay. So you jumped in the role you commission only, you're making good money, right? You're making, you know, six-figure income commission and you've got freedom, so the role was working well. Tell us a little bit about some of the challenges that you faced being commission only because I think for many sales professionals, well, many, you know, it's hard when you don't hit target, but if you're on a yeah. base, you kind of got that protective, you know, safety net of still getting paid each month. Yeah, but commission absolutely. only, you got no safety net. If you don't sell, you make no cash. You make no money, right? Tell us a little bit about some of the challenges that you had to work through and and how you dealt with the fear of not making money each month. Yeah, great question. I think some of the challenges that I faced was I would probably, you know, it would horrify a lot of salespeople, I'm going to say, but I did a lot of things that were quite unorthodox, not um, serving the client, the prospect's interest. So, mm. you know, to bring a deal in faster, I'd offer a discount, <laughs> have to get this deal in now. Yeah. I think I would also, you know, one thing I would do was really be a lot more aggressive in booking a meeting. Yeah. So, you know, we talk now in sales, it's, we want to... Every objective of every email, outreach, every call is to have a conversation. Yeah. And then, you know, with that conversation, you book the meeting. And yeah, we want to eventually sell our solution, but we want to uncover yeah. the problems, the challenges that our prospects face so that we, you know, we might have to turn them away and say, well, you know, this is not the right fit for you. Mm. We're not the right fit for you. Uh, I don't recommend that we work together. That was something I would never would have said <laughs> when I was, you know, commission only, like yeah. literally dancing for my dinner every day. So I would try and find something that I could sell within the brand that I was working for. You know, it could be a lower price. There was always something that I would do and it would always 
focus more on my interest rather than the prospect's interest. Okay. So one of the things that you found you were doing more of is really focusing on your own needs and regardless if it was a good fit for them, if the opportunity, you know, if you saw the opportunity to, for them to buy, you basically got them to buy. Yeah, correct. Okay. And yeah. a lot of the de- the deals that I was working on were shorter sales cycle, lower value deals than what I'm working with now. So again, more of a transactional sale, you do have a bit of margin to be able to do that. Yeah. Uh, I have to say I was a little bit reckless. So, you know, from being in sales for pretty much 20 years now, yeah. it's constantly changing. And, you know, your why is is still your why, but you have to accept that things are going to change. You have to look at your process. You have to adapt, mm. be agile, look at new techniques. I think I see a yeah. lot of salespeople still in that old mindset and in that old way of working where they're doing the same thing over again and yeah. expecting the same result. Yeah, the definition of insanity, right? So... Yeah. So tell me, like, we're, obviously, you know, you've spoken about the things that you might not have, you might not be doing today, right? Which is some of the mm-hmm. focusing on your stuff versus them. But I mean, and that's the reality, right? The reality is we have needs and it's very difficult to put our needs second. But I think this is where trust often gets, it breaks down with, with the people that we're serving, the prospects and our clients, because if we're only serving our needs then they can smell that, right? They're like, well, there's commission breath. I'm not exactly. ready right now. You're trying to push your own agenda. I've got my own agenda and you're not worried about what I'm going through in my organization or in my life, right? So obviously, you know, there were moments when you didn't execute the professional sales professional mindset. But tell us a bit about the relationships you did build when you were able to focus on them versus you. Yeah. So yeah, it's a great question. I think transitioning to, so the role that I'm in now, I'm actually selling to a lot of the prospects, clients that I had in my previous yeah. role. So the solution that that we're offering this market is completely new. So I liked, you had Anthony Iannarino yep. on your previous podcast and he talked about you know, how we're shifting to problem-based solution selling for prospects. And he talked about, you know, before you had a tax, before you had Uber, you would get in a taxi and, you know, you'd have to, and this is something, I think it's a great story. And this is more or less the describes the product, the service that, you know, we're offering the Uber now to, Mm. to the, to these prospects to my client base. And it's, it's about, sort of showing them that they can do things differently, Mm. challenging them to also think about how they're doing their business as well as solving their problems. So what I'm finding now is, you know, if I feel that they don't have a problem that that my solution can fix, I'm going to tell them that. And I'm going to say, you know, I don't recommend that you work with us. You know, we can't serve you. So I think that in itself is sort of it's a huge shift compared to when I was calling some of these same prospects at the previous company that I worked for and you know for them it was yeah we'll do this we like it some advertising 
Now the challenge is to get them to think differently about their business and about the problems that they might, if they don't have these problems now, are they going to have these problems in the future? And, you know, how does my solution help them overcome those, those problems and challenges? But didn't any of the previous prospects that you sold to and you're trying to Mm -hmm. sell to in this role, didn't some of them feel like let down that what you sold to them last might not have been, you know, fit to purpose? Yeah, no, that's another great question. The The previous product that I sold was less sort of results, ROI yeah. driven. So they, you know, they from a branding perspective, you know, we're selling them advertising, traditional advertising, some impressions, click-throughs with, with digital advertising. So it, it was something that, you know, they, they didn't have to be in it for the for the long game whereas okay. now you know that we're working to help them with their marketing and this is something that is much more focused on results yeah. on being able to track that so they realize that they have to to see this you know for the long term rather than the yeah. short okay. term so uh, one of the things i want to go back a step if that's okay i want to go back to the moment because you had 10 years it's a solid period of time selling commission only right There must have been, and I'm only assuming, there must have been days where you weren't producing results, right? There were, and mindset would have been challenged. And I think, again, for a lot of sellers, when things go wrong is when, you know, your true character comes out. But And and I was coaching somebody yesterday around this, right? Results haven't been the best and the negative self-talk is starting to really creep in, right? And I could see that. There was a little blame going justifying certain results, you know, not taking accountability for not prospecting. You could see he's dipped a bit below that line. Can you share with our audience when you did get to that point of, you know, you were dipping below the line from a mindset perspective, mm-hmm. what did you do to get yourself out of that dip so that you could then reframe the way you think and then start producing results? I think when you get into that dip and it happens, you know, a lot in sales you go back i go back to you're only as good as your last sale so yeah. i focus first off i exercise a lot i pay a lot of attention to my physical yeah. health as well as my mental health i track my results and yeah. i measure and quantify my success and this is something that every salesperson should do whether the company has you know, a a specific tool like an outreach or a sales loft that's tracking that Mm. and automating it. Every salesperson should be tracking everything they do. So how many meetings did I have today? How many emails were sent today? How many cold calls? All How many videos did I send? All of this needs to be tracked and the salesperson needs to own this because, you know, you can look back and say, well, in this period, this is what I did and this is why I was successful. What other factors affected my success? Was it summer in one country? Mm. Were people on holidays, vacation? You know, you can look at certain things, but you can also look at sort of your effort on, you know, what I do when I when I reach one of those sort of negative points and dips, I'd look at my sort of work hour by hour. So I'd say, right, I'm going to focus now on an hour of cold calling. Then I'm going to focus on an hour of sending emails and just really time blocking, planning my day. And one thing I like to do, and I 
only started doing this 18 months ago. So I think this is really, really important. And Amy Volas, she's very, very big on this. And I learned this from her. Quadrant journaling, journaling. So every day and at the start of the week, what are your top three priorities for the day? Or if you mm -hmm. want to put it top three priorities for the week. And at the end of each day, so you write this down. And at the end of each day, look at what you did. So what did I achieve? Celebrate the successes because there's always yeah. something small that went well. Yeah. If you had, yeah. you know, if you got hung up on, okay, <laughs> that didn't go well, but you may have got a referral. You may have got a meeting, yeah. you got a sale, you know, but yeah. even when, when things are not going well, you need to really write everything down and focus yeah. on those core things. And then you also want to write what didn't go so well. So what do you sort of, what did you not do? What did you, what are you, what's holding you back? Once you write it down and you keep it and you reread it. So at the start of the day, end of the day, start of the week, end of each week. Then it becomes very clear. Yeah. Are you emotionally reacting to this? Is this really a dip? Why is this dip? You know, you're going to be able to see with much more clarity what's happening. And as you know, Luigi, like the salespeople, we can control the in, we can't control the output. Yeah, we can't. That's so right. you've got to let go of the things that you can't control. I actually love that, right? And my listeners, this is not foreign to them. I keep, you know, always talk about the fact that the circle of control, when we actually focus on it, can get you know, so big, it, the, yeah. the, the, our, our ability to control things just gets bigger and bigger. But if we focus on the circle that we can't control, all of a sudden we feel like the things that we can control is actually quite small. So I really do love that. And I, I love the fact that you talk about the power of reflection because again, I think it's very easy for us to look at what we don't do well and go, you know, I fucked up here or this happened or whatever. But yeah. it's actually, it takes discipline and it's hard to reflect on what did work well, right? And I have this, every yeah. time I run a session, I run, I run multiple sessions a week with my clients and and the first thing I say is let's share a win because it's usually weekly. Let's, let's share something that you're proud of in the last week. And I had one last night in Europe. I had like 40 yeah. sales on the call and I said, you know, let's share a win. And Mate, it was like the old Western, you know, with the with the bale <laughs> just going through the street, an eerie silence. And I'm like, I had to really, you know, encourage people to share something. And it's it's actually hard to reflect on the things that worked, right? Or the things yeah. because we're so focused on the end result. And I love the fact that you said, you know, I can't I can't control the I can't control that but I can control mm -hmm. my inputs and I've got to celebrate those inputs. So I absolutely love that. Yeah. And I think there's a tendency as well for salespeople to be very overly sort of hard on themselves mm. and beat themselves up when, when things don't go well. And, you know, it's, it's important to stay humble, but it's yeah. also important to tell yourself that you are successful and you can do this. And for me, you know, the power of journaling and writing it down has has made me realize so many different things. There were so many things in my head that were just in my head. And it's also, you know, when you write something down, when you're writing down your priorities for the week, you are holding yourself accountable yeah. for those priorities. 
And that yeah. is really important. And we all know that in sales, accountability is paramount. Yeah, and it's it's interesting. You know, my son, who's 15, and he wants to be a professional footballer. And for those of you that call it soccer, but he wants to be a professional footballer. And he's doing everything in his power to make to, 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 for it to happen. He trains well. He plays well. And I've recently helped him find a mindset coach, you know, like an ex-pro. He's got this incredible course. And that's Great. one of the activities I've got to do every day. He's got to do a little bit of journaling every day. He, he's got to write stuff down and, and go back to his goals and really think about preparation. And, you know, I think, I think that's great for, for everyone, not just athletes. I think we've all got to do it. We've all got to sit there and say, right, what are the things that are important for me today? Because that's the other thing that I find. And I find this myself, right? When I haven't got my to-do list ready. And when I say my to-do list, I'm very clear on some of the key things that I want to achieve today. Mate, I can get busy and I'll finish the day and I'm looking back going, <laughs> where did I spend the 8, 10, 12 hours today, right? They're yeah. the worst. I hate those days. I actually hate them because I feel no sense of satisfaction. I feel like, man, the days just own me. I haven't owned that day, right? So I absolutely love the fact that you talk about journaling and, and why it's important to give you focus and clarity and rear, and then it allows you to reflect. Yeah, I know some of the good tips is, so when you have an activity or your to-do list, write down the time that you want to spend on doing that. So yeah. I've got my, you can see, I've, you can't really see a scribble here, but um, I've, put down, I've got to do some slides. So I'm going to spend 30 minutes on that. But that really helps you see, then once you finish mm. that task, so it's timing yourself, there's actually an app, which I've just started using called Timula. So Timula. you set, Timula, you, you okay. go on your phone, you set Timula for 30 minutes and the beep goes off. So you start the task, obviously, and then okay. you know after 30 minutes, if you spent 30 minutes on it, and then you have to record, you know, did you spend 30 minutes or did you spend 40 minutes or did you spend That's an hour? Good. Yeah. And then when you okay. look back at that, it's incredible to see yeah. where you're actually, you know, how you're allocating your time where you're wasting that's time. That's like a modern day time analysis, you know, instead of using an old spreadsheet, <laughs> it's like, or a little card you're actually doing. That's pretty good. Yeah, I actually like that concept. Well, look, I think this has been awesome, Charlotte. I think you've, you've really helped, you know, for me, just some of the concepts that you're talking about, talking about the fact that, you, and you owned it, right? You owned that, that when times, when you needed to get a sale across the line, you kind of focus on your own need versus theirs. And that, you know, not I wouldn't call that the professional sales mindset, right? Because that's a mindset of just the stereotypical salesperson mentality. But yeah. I love the fact that you owned it. You you you're talking about it, and you recognise that you need to change in the modern world, right? And I really love the fact that you talk about some of the strategies that you use to get yourself out of the dip and keep you focused every day. Just before we wrap up, for our listeners, where's the best place for them to find and engage and connect with you? Yeah, so you can find me on LinkedIn, Charlotte Lloyd. Awesome. I have a podcast coming out myself awesome. um, called Simply Simply Sales and Marketing. Yeah. Uh, looking at, so great tips for sellers, for marketers, how sales and marketing teams can work better together. Awesome. So that alignment, we'll make sure we put the show notes. We'll put a link if the, pod, if the podcast's live. I think it's going, when, when, is it live or is it going live? It's going live next week. So Next week. Yeah. Okay. So we might not be able to put the show notes, but we'll make sure we put your LinkedIn handle. <laughs> 
so they can connect with you on LinkedIn and say hi. So look, I just want to say, Charlotte, thanks so much for being a guest on the Sales IQ podcast. I appreciate you know the content that you share and I've, I've, li- I've loved learning more about you through the world of LinkedIn. So thanks so much for being a guest on the podcast. Thanks for having me. And yeah, LinkedIn is, is great. Brought us together. 